You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guests of today. Now, how many of you listening right now are getting a good night's sleep? Now, this means getting to bed early sleeping enough, and also sleep that is relatively undisturbed. Because we all know that if we don't sleep enough, our productivity decreases, but so does our mood. Our mood suffers. A collaborative study by the Department of Psychiatry at CU Medicine and the Department of Psychology at the Faculty of Social Sciences at HKU proved that adjunctive bright life therapy is effective for night owls with depression. And I'm really delighted to be joined by the investigators and researchers behind this study. I'd like to welcome to the program Dr. Joey Chan, who's an associate professor from the Department of Psychiatry at the Chinese University's Medical Faculty, Medicine Faculty, along with Dr. Shirley Lee, an assistant professor in the Department of Psychology at the University of Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. It's nice meeting you. It's great, to, it's great to see you again, Dr. Lee, and it's great to meet you, uh, Dr. Chan. We are live on Facebook as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. We'd love for our listeners to, to go over there and you can see and also hear uh, Joey and Shirley there. So maybe I'll start off with you first, uh, Professor Joey Chan. Um, now, you looked at the relationship between mood disorders and sleep and also the light therapy treatment. Um, can you tell us a bit more about your study? Yeah, sure. So our study is about using bright light therapy as an additional therapy to help the depression patients. So uh, we have invited 93 adult patients with a history of depression. So uh, they are on average with an age of 30, uh, 46. And then 80% are women. And then they have been suffering from depression for over 13 years, and uh, but still having a moderate severity uh, of depression despite receiving conventional psychiatric treatments. So, um, so we randomly allocate them into two groups. So one uh, one group would receive the bright light therapy, while the other would be the control group. So uh, they they will be having these two different types of light therapy for 30 minutes a day at home for five weeks. And so after completing the light therapy treatment, we follow them up for an additional five months. So the main outcome that we want to assess in this study is the remission of depression. So the, by remission is the meaning a near complete recovery of depression with minimal symptoms on an objective rating scale. So that, that is about um, the theme of this study. And in terms of these light therapy, do they have to receive it at a certain time of the day to mimic uh, natural daylight or was it um, uh, when did they receive this light therapy? Yeah, so uh, the, the timing that they receive this light therapy is individualized. So we assess uh, their sleep-wake pattern at the baseline before the treatment. Oh. So uh, usually we start the light therapy at the usual wake time. Uh, but because these patients, uh, they are night owls, so some of them, the usual wake time may be at noon, then we start the light therapy at noon. So it's quite important to tailor the light therapy at an appropriate time so as to achieve the aim of gradually shifting and advancing their sleep-wake cycle. Yeah, that's such a good term, night owls. We often hear people using it, oh, you're a morning person or you're a night owl. What does that mean in terms of scientific terms? I mean, is there a specific time where these people are categorized as night owls at a specific time that they sleep? Um, maybe Shirley? Uh, 
sorry, can you can you say the the last um, last, the last part, part again? again? Sure. Yeah, got this connection just now. So. Sure. I was saying, you know, uh, people often use the the term night owls, but scientifically speaking, d- is there a specific um, time where when people go to sleep after a certain time is that a night owl? I mean, going to bed at eleven o'clock versus uh, one o'clock. You know, um, are they both night owls? Uh, so we we define uh, like night owls or even this uh, based on a spectrum. So people can be on different parts of the spectrum. So uh, they may have. We usually say they have greater tendency towards evenness. So there's a defi- there's no definite definitions um, as to what time uh, as a cutoff to classify people into night owls or uh, or into morning luck. Um, so in general, they tend to just have very late bedtime, maybe after 12 or 1 o'clock. Um, so that's how we um, identify like night owls. Yeah, I'm, I'm also interested to know more about the relationship between sort of depression or mood disorders uh, with our natural biological clock. What's your, what's your understanding of that? So we the research has shown that like evenness, like being a, a night out, is more likely is associated with an increased risk of having depression or mood disorders. Um, so we don't really know why um, evenness or being night out is associated with mood problems, but it is possible because um, even in this persons are more likely to experience um, sleep difficulties because sometimes they want to sleep earlier, but um, their biological clock is not ready, so they have problem with uh, insomnia, um, and and they're also more likely to have substance use um, and also poor daytime functioning. And we know that all this may contribute to more difficulties as well. Um, of course, not everyone with evening tendency will develop depression. Um, there are also some positive sides of being evenless, like. Some research suggests that they are more like creative um, and they like novelty seeking. I've heard that too. You know, some some night owls they say they're most productive when everybody's asleep. They can really concentrate on their work and they feel more more creative because there's less distractions, um, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you mentioned actually there have been some research showing that the night owls are associated with a higher education attainment as well. Oh, really? Oh, that's very interesting. I'm a sometimes night owl myself. Okay, I try not to be. (laughs) Um, You mentioned something also very interesting, uh, both of you. Um, But Shirley, you mentioned just now about the biological clock. Um, That is the circadian rhythm. And we often hear that, you know, for example, babies, when they're born, they don't know whether it's day or night and because it's not fully developed. What are some of the factors that affect our natural biological clock? That suddenly we don't feel sleepy at nighttime. Um, what are some of the factors that affect that? Um, so there are biological factors like the intrinsic factors as well as external factors. Like um, the strongest external factors that affect our biological clock is light. Um, so, for example, just just put it simply, uh, light exposure during the day will help to uh, advance our bedtime. Uh, um, so, so that's how this is also the rationale of our project, this study here. So we're using bright light therapy to help the uh, patients with evening tendency. Of course, there are also um, external factors or behavioral factors. Like, for example, if you uh, use electronic devices ex- excessively during the night uh, with such uh, light exposure, 
perhaps that will also affect your biological clock, make it more difficult for you to sleep at night. Ah, the, the the blue light that's being admitted by electronic devices. We often hear, don't look at it two hours before you go to sleep. Yeah. Or something like that. Um, I'd love for our listeners to join us on Facebook Live. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. You'll be able to hear uh, Dr. Joey Chan from the Chinese University of Hong Kong and also Dr. Shirley Lee from uh, the University of Hong Kong. And uh, their backdrops is extraordinary, both very bright lights. Um, I feel much more awake seeing it. Um, I want to turn to sort of this notion of a restful sleep. Um, sometimes people will say you need to sleep for eight hours a day in order to feel rested. Of course, this would vary for people to people. So, you know, how do we know if we're getting a restful sleep? How do we know if we're getting enough sleep? So usually, um, okay. so usually we, we do look at sleep duration, that is how many hours we sleep at night, because that gives us a quick reference, like whether the person has sufficient sleep. So as you said, uh, we generally say almost adults needs like eight hours of seven to eight hours of sleep. Um, however, there are also individual differences because um, you may notice that some of your friends may just need to sleep like seven hours or less than seven hours and they're still very energetic. Sometimes the five day. hours for some people. I'm like, wow, how do they function? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and where some people may need longer sleep duration. So sleep duration may not be the best indicator on on how how uh, well rested or whether uh, we we have sufficient sleep. So usually we will ask people whether they feel refreshed in general during the day, or whether they report like frequent sleepiness during the day. So that might be a better indicator whether they have enough or uh, sufficient sleep. Yeah. And in terms of restful sleep, do you mean sort of uninterrupted sleep in a period and also how deep your sleep is? I know some people, I think we touched on this in a previous interview, uh, Dr. Lee, um, that people with sleep apnea, for example, if they're snoring and they're actually not in such a deep sleep, they actually, even though they're sleeping for, I don't know, eight hours, they still feel tired. So there are different factors which affect the quality of our sleep too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think both sleep duration and sleep quality matters. So, um, so in terms of like sleep apnea, like, like what you said, because of the sleep quality, uh, was impaired due to the, uh, uh sleep disorder. So it, it will also affect how restful, uh, how restful people feel during the day. Yeah, and certainly we can all say if we're not sleeping enough, our mood suffers. We'll, we'll wake up maybe a bit more um, irritable and, and just not very productive. Um, yeah. Maybe I want to ask um, Dr. Joey Chan, you know, what is this bright light therapy? I'm curious to know, um, you mentioned just now it's for half an hour a day uh, for the people who took part in your studies. What's the sort of wavelength and are they, are they just lying there sort of sunbathing? <laughs> Talk us through the process of the bright light therapy. Yeah, so a bright light therapy is actually a treatment through exposure to an artificial light source. So we usually deliver the light therapy through a light box. So the light box that we use is about uh, the size of an A4 paper. Okay, so uh, we can just put the lamp or the light box on the desk. So we usually advise uh, the, the participants to put the lamp uh, on the desk at an appropriate distance. So, um, so in our study, the appropriate distance is around 40 cm from the eye. 
Okay, so it's important to keep the eyes open during the light therapy, and then so as to get the light shine into the into the eyes. Okay, but then that, but then the, the 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 people can actually do anything they want. Like they can take breakfast, they can read or watch a TV show. So it's relatively free. So uh, what what they need to do is that uh, we will just remind them not to no look directly into the light box because this will help them to reduce the eye discomfort. And um, so you are correct to say that it's pretty much like a, we want to mimic uh, an outdoor sunlight exposure, just that it differs from an ordinary sunlight because it's UV filtered. Okay, so you 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 won't get tanned with uh, with this uh, bright light treatment, and then uh, and and it's a convenient source of bright light for these people. So um so what when we are saying about it's bright, so um so um. It, we, we give them a, a quant, we, we quantify them with a unit that's called 10,000 lux. It's called lux. So, uh, by one, uh, so actually when, uh, when a candle is paced one meter away, it gives a light intensity around one lux. So, it, uh, for an indoor office lighting, it's around 300 lux. When we go outside, exposure to direct sunlight is around a uh, hundred thousand lux. Wow. So uh, what we use is ten thousand lux is uh, is much stronger than a ordinary indoor light, but again, it's just much less than a direct exposure to afternoon night uh, sunlight. Okay, and what are some of the reported um, outcomes for some of the patients um, in your study? I'm I'm sorry. What were some of the um, reported outcomes from the, from from the patients? Did they feel happier after the exposure to to the sunlight, or, or how did their moves uh, how did their moods change? Yeah, so uh, the the key findings from our study is the group of patients who were in the bright light therapy group they actually achieved a higher cumulative remission. So it's up to 67%. So versus those who are receiving a control light, so they were uh, having a remission of 46%. And we also found that the light therapy action is quick. So um, for those who were in the bright light group, the time to remission was shorter. So the, the effect is usually seen in around two weeks. Okay. So the patient reports to us they feel more energetic in the morning. And, uh, and gradually they were able to sleep earlier at night and wake up earlier in the day. So we observed the sleep pattern changed upon the treatment. And um, so in addition, the light therapy was well tolerated. So the most common side effects that they reported is usually some eye discomfort, which were transient and usually subside after the lights are off. Okay, that's great. Okay, I think we need to all, it's nice and sunny out there. I think it's great if we all sort of sit in the sun for a while. And it's true, after a day in the sun, uh, we naturally feel more tired. And, and we, for, for, for a lot of people, they naturally sleep better. So maybe there is that sort of um, wonderful light therapy that we can all enjoy. Um, I want to talk about the cycle of, of night owls. Um, not that being a night owl is necessarily a bad thing. Perhaps for some industries, it really requires for you to work late. Um, having said that, <laughs> we're Chinese, so a lot of the times Chinese medicine or someone will say, and uh, will say like, you know, you should you should sleep early because our liver fire will affect us. I don't know if you, um, but also in a Western medicine perspective. So how do we break the cycle of of being a night owl and and just forming better sleeping habits? 
Um, I, I think it's quite challenging for my uh, intrinsically night owls, but there are ways to kind of improve uh, to to improve the um, that like to to reduce the evenness. Um, so, for example, um, this, to put it simply, um, uh, the, the advice will be um, dim light before sleep and then bright light after getting up. So, try to expose yourself uh, uh, to bright light after getting up to get some sunshine. Um, and also avoid excessive use of electronic devices before bedtime. Um, and I guess uh, it will be helpful to set an alarm to help yourself to get up and try to plan some um, some activities that you look forward in the morning so that you have the motivation to get up. Because I and, and the other thing I think is related to uh, being a night out is uh, is having bedtime procrastination. I'm not sure if you. If you know that, or you have already experienced it, <laughs> experienced that, because people often uh, report bedtime procrastination and that delay their bedtime, um, and they ha- they tend to be they tend to be um, a night out in, in this way. So um, we might need to work on uh, bedtime co- procrastination as well. Absolutely. Um, what about, you know, Hong Kongers are known to sort of work late. I suppose now m- more people are working from home, so that there's less excuse of saying working late in the office. But there's some people who still work late at home and work late in the office. And then during the, say, Monday to Friday, they work late. But then over the weekend, they try to catch up on their sleep. Does that work? Does that sort of even out, you know, the average sleep time per week? Or is it better to be more consistent um, for your sleeping patterns? Um, so usually our advice is to have uh, regular bedtime throughout the week because that will help to stabilize your biological clock. Because otherwise it will be very confusing for, for your brain uh, getting different message. Uh, like for example, during uh, weekdays, you can get up around 8, but then during weekends you have to get up at 10. Then your brain gets confused. How? What time should I wake you up actually? Like what time is your expected um, rise time? So, so it would be better to have like a more regular like, sleep waste schedule throughout the week. Yeah. Well, Dr. Shirley Lee, you're a sleep expert. What time is your bedtime usually? And and you know, do you try to regulate your biological clock? Yeah, I, I am a night owl to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so my usual bedtime. Uh, I, I try to make it um as like one one or two. I try to, yeah, <laughs> but my, my aim is to like sleep around one or two, my aim. But that's when you're most productive and, and it's difficult. You know, I think there's that aspiration to become a morning person. But, you know, if you're a night owl and you try to be a morning person, um, some people might be quite grumpy in the morning and, and actually it doesn't serve <laughs> yeah. the purpose. Um, what about for you, Dr. Joey Chan? Are you a night owl or are you a morning lark? It looks like I got a connection problem here. Oh, Would no you mind? Just... Yeah. Um, uh, Joey Chan, I was asking, are you a night owl yourself or are you a morning lark? I'm, I'm quite similar to Shelly. I see now in the middle of the night. <laughs> we have these uh, communications always at night. And then, um, yeah, so, so as, as we, we often jokingly said that many academics or even professionals, they are night owls by nature's. So sometimes it's affected by the work schedules, and uh, maybe it's also predisposed with the evening tendency in this type of of people. 
Yeah, uh, maybe it's a it's a it's a Hong Kong thing as well. If you compare sort of、um, people in the West, you know their children、uh, go to bed quite early compared to say even children in Hong Kong. But th- th- that's a topic for another day.、Um, I really enjoyed、um, our chat this afternoon. I really learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners did as well.、Um, and people can、uh, go to the Chinese University of Hong Kong and also the、uh, Hong Kong University to look up the study、uh, results. Meanwhile, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. And we were talking to Dr. Shirley Lee, an assistant professor in the Department of Psychology at the University of Hong Kong, along with Dr. Joey Chan, an associate professor from the Department of Psychiatry at the Chinese University's Medicine Faculty. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, both of you, and hope we'll get a restful night's sleep、uh, tonight and for the rest of the year. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.